hello, and welcome back to the latest episode with me, your trusty host, Busy Phillips. To everyone out there who continues to tune into the show, thank you, thank you so much for listening and for being a loyal customer to the ridiculousness that ensues during this program. My goal is to share with the world the stories, the views, and the craft of many creative and positive people, and I hope I'm doing just that. Speaking of, today I have a creative individual who has been a driving force in the entertainment world, writer, director, actor, and just a jack-of-all-trades, Mr. Edson Jean. As a performer, Edson continues to create film and live theater in the small yet mighty art scene of Miami, which I think is incredibly awesome, being a Miami native and knowing how rich the culture is and the amount of spirit and energy that the city provides. I am glad that he keeps the life of the city alive. Definitely take a minute to check out some of his work. Uh, his production company for independent films is called Bantify. I've attached the website to the episode notes where you can discover all of his latest projects, including the upcoming film Ludi, directed by Edson and written by him along with Joshua Jean-Baptiste, who also has made an appearance on the show before. It is always awesome to see people that I consider very close to me continue to do some amazing work. So please take a minute to check out the production company Bantify and all the creative projects and people under it. Also, before I leave you here, I just want to remind you folks once again to subscribe to the show. If you enjoy the program, leave a rating, leave a review. It helps me out. It really does. And also, I like the validation. Okay, I said it, but who wouldn't? I'm a human being. I have feelings just like you. Jerry Seinfeld. <clears throat> but yeah, spread the word. And um, if you want to contact the show, my email is in the episode notes, folks. Even if you just want to be a pen pal, I am all ears. Seriously. Anyways, that is enough of that. Let's get this baby going. Ladies and gentlemen, here is episode 31 of Conversations from a Room. <laughs> I woke up and I was ready to go. And then I was, I thought maybe you're an early guy. So I was like, oh, okay. Maybe he just likes to do it early. Well, then, hold on, hold yeah. on. I am an early guy, bro. But you woke up at 10 o'clock. That's not early. <laughs> That's late for early people. <laughs> I know, but I had a night last night that I wasn't expecting. And I didn't know it, was, it would take me over that much. Like, oh, to, oh, to be Edson Jean. <laughs> <laughs> and I woke up and I was like, oh man. I, like, I oh knew. man, I partied <laughs> too hard last night, bro. And I'm gonna have to sleep in because you know what? Fuck Christian Lulu. <laughs> sleep is important, bro. I didn't want to give you half of myself. I wanted to be like fully charged and ready. Okay, cool. Welcome to the show, Edson Jean. This is conversations from a room. All right, conversations in a room. I'm conversations with. from a room. If it were on a room, we'd be both. We'd both be on the roof. I didn't say on. I said with. No. <laughs> Even worse, <laughs> conversations with room, as if the room is the third party in this in this conversation. What this isn't Pee Wee's Playhouse. What do you have to say? Fourth wall. Happen to be here, folks. That would be good. Oh my god. Why do you feel like you're you're very influential on in a positive way? Obviously, how does it, where does that come from? You're always every time I I I either put myself down or I say one thing, you say no. This is the way. <laughs> This is what you should do. Never say this. Never do that. Move forward. Be a god. Be the best man of your. Be the president of your life. Be the be the be the, <laughs> the superman. Su be the superhero of your comic. You are the one. 
<laughs> where does this positivity come from and where can I get it? And also, can I wear your skin? <laughs> first of all, you could wear my skin if, if I, I like it I off. like how that's the first one you answered. Like <laughs> in this order, yes, take it. Take <clears throat> the skin. Um, and you're definitely positive. So um I just don't any any negative thinking isn't useful. It, it literally I, I don't know a situation, I don't know all situations, that someone was like, oh man, this shit sucks, man. And they be, were so productive and that mentality advanced, whatever no, the hell they were doing. But like, how do you, what's your advice to people who are too hard on themselves or, or, or are so negative or emotionally blocked because they can't tell themselves like, let's go. I think, I mean, first of all, they can't. The word can't is not See, a See, that's what I mean. Like, it, the words I'm saying to you don't even make sense. <laughs> like, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. I live on cloud line all the time. Listen, I am a, I am a, a I'm a neurotic being. Like, I have, my, my whole existence is to doubt myself. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, help me. Give me some of your juice. Oh my God. It's, I mean, those, but words are so powerful. I, I, I really lean into that because it's, it, we have the power to manifest our realities and people hear that that may not necessarily fully believe that and go oh judge the power that our words have um we would be a lot more judicious on how we use them it's not so frivolous to be like oh i'll never do this oh man this sucks man i'm oh i'm such a loser you're you're literally reinforcing that reality every time you echo that um just because something doesn't happen the way you expect it to and that's a that's a big thing. I think expectations um, can um, really drive us up because we our vision and our perspective is limited. We need to understand that and lean into that, and then release expectations. So then, whatever happens, we didn't have this expectation. <laughs> this is all happening for a reason. I very much live in that same world where it's like, okay, you roll with the punches, but you make every opportunity the best opportunity you can. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think you just excel at it more, way more gracefully than a lot of people do. I, for one, I am, <laughs> I am someone who is constantly rolling with the punches, and the moment that it starts to hurt, I'm just like, no, I'm done. I'm closing my doors, and no one else exists but me. <laughs> you know, so it, it is, it is, it does get difficult. You know, but yeah, I am, I am practicing self love and mm-hmm. and also agreeing with the choices that happen around you and just being like, yeah. And, t- and accepting the yes. One of my favorite movies is yes, man, mm-hmm. because it's such a fun idea, a concept of a person who just says yes to everything. Yeah. And then you just see what happens. You roll with the punches. Let me ask you though, you are like the last line of defense for a creative world in Miami. How are you still making it work? We need to put the, like sort of lean into our autonomy and be like, we need to create our opportunities and blaze a path before us. So I'll start with that. Like that is true. Definitely. It's not all by myself. Right. No, absolutely. Like, I think, um, nothing happens with me just being like existing. It takes me moving in a direction with intention. And then of course the world responds to that. Um, and things line up. Like, let's think about even the, the, the movie right now that, um, uh, we're getting ready to premiere. It's like, I knew I wanted to make it. We, I had this like specific idea to make a movie on a micro budget, so I didn't have to be like beholden on investors and stuff like that. But then, ooh, like Grant was kind of happening at the same time, and so that worked out, right? What was happening at the same time? Uh, Ulight. So um, Ulight is an art support organization in Miami that's kind of recently. It's been art centered, um, and it's just literally here existing to propel visual artists in Miami now the CEO is from like a film documentary world. So he 
definitely believes film is part of the visual arts and i believe so as well but often it's sort of like that hands-on craft visual arts like film gets left out mm-hmm. and it's usually in different organizations focused on painting sculpture pottery multimedia even but like so there's a sector with Ulai arts that's just for like the cinematic arts which is awesome and they have this grant for uh 50k to make a micro budget film which is oh wow that's that's more than enough but that's incredible because then that one piece can just be out like just blow it out of the water yeah when it comes to starting something what do you think is the most important thing because a lot of times for me for example starting a project is hard enough just to kind of get the ball rolling like do you just start writing it do you just start collaborating first so i think the intention starts right Mm -hmm. uh there's a lot that happens in the ambiguity of ideas Mm -hmm. so ideas are always happening and they're coming through us and i believe we're vessels but we have to be intentional about catching them um and that could be a we have to listen yeah yeah absolutely yeah Yeah, i believe that and when we hear something catch it like it doesn't mean you have to make something with it immediately Mm -hmm. but i have a little notepad with mm-hmm. like ideas that have hit me. And I'm like, oh, just writing yeah, ideas. For sure. The majority of them don't turn into something. Yeah, but at least you have all these options. You have all the this creative outlet. Like your mind is always thinking. Your mind is always playing. And you want to be able to feed it. Don't let it fade away into the into the ether. I've been treating creativity recently like a job. Like for so long, I was like, oh, I'm an artist. It'll come to me and I'll, and I'll, I'll use it when I can. But like, no, it should be like a job. Treat it like you have it. Bring it to fruition. Write it down. Make it happen. Treat it like anyone would their career. Once it becomes like a solidified thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, deliver the goods, as Jose Ilosugi once told me. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Our main theme of the show, which we talk about movies. We talk about some music, and I'd like for you to recommend a book to me. But we'll start Mm. with film, the cinematic adventures that got us here in the first place. I like to ask my guest, give me one of your favorite films. Give me one of the worst movies you've ever seen, and give me your guilty pleasure film. Ah, All right, so full disclosure, I don't do well with favorites. Why, because you love everything? Or you hate everything? (laughs) (laughs) It's just that I just I don't I can't the concepts of favorites I like what is that let me let me narrow it down how about this what's the last movie you saw that really blew you away uh, what have you been watching SpongeBob okay, for the last I, six months what the hell's going on <laughs> you feel me oh, actually um okay so I'll just do some random ones because uh, sure. I just saw Judas and the Black Messiah I've heard nothing but great stuff about that yeah I was not feeling Daniel Kaluuya's um dialect. He, really i don't know he dropped the ball yeah he dropped Damn. the ball but i think that's more of a if you if you had heard what uh fred hampton sounded like and you knew what he sounded like before it that it can throw you out be honest i feel like it's definitely was the keith's film and kalula dropped the accent but then i found out that was a comp like apparently that was a thing like he couldn't get it yeah i think there was something the director was talking about that do you think the film stood on its own as like a, a great picture or do you think that it kind of deterred your attention to it a bit more? He was still, it's, it still was a great picture. Like, right. I'm not saying the movie was destroyed for that, but if you think about like art and getting immersed in an experience for someone who would peep it and like, there's people who don't know what Fred Hampton sound like. So they, they'll just be like, they'll be in the film, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. And I knew he didn't have, he didn't come from, like, um, I think it's from Iowa, not Iowa, but um, like he didn't have a Southern draw. Mm. Um, and Kaluta was playing it more with a Southern um, influence, mm, uh, like a New I Orleans. See. And we're talking about Fred Hampton, his char- the character that he portrays. Yeah. What about Lakeith? How was he? 
Because I, I, I think he's great. He was, I, he's I, great. He's always yeah. great. He's yeah. The, he's, he's just flawless. Goat. Yeah, God. Man, the goat for sure. Damn it. Good yeah. for him. I remember he's singing him for like the first time on Short Term 12. Um, oh my God. When he raps that song. <laughs> came out of nowhere. Like, came out of nowhere. I was like, okay. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, it went from ah uh, to ooh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, this is exactly. you need to see a doctor <laughs> <laughs> all right uh but no but that's not, not gonna be my film no i'm not gonna okay fine 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 because so, that's not like oh my god so that's that then secondly um it's, it's not a recent film but i had seen it and i'm just like i just love the simplicity of it so it, it, it inspired some like slice of life like just focus on the day type storytelling good time from the safety brother and if you haven't seen it see it shit's solid that's i know exactly what you're talking about i and i enjoy that film more than uh uncut gems i think it was actually better exactly i it's think it was much better. better it's better than uncut it's gems. better i no think doubt. uncut gems has no the doubt. same sort of feeling it, it portrays the same sort of uh idea but it's too it's almost like too intense too on it's your toes the whole time. and you know what's what's also what's also really separates those two apart is not necessarily accessibility but the um empathy that is created for the protagonist the brother exactly you care about that relationship so yes so it's much. about like getting you wrapped up but it's like the mo- it's it has this underlying this underpinning that is like really solid in the structure of like a mm-hmm. brother fighting for a brother in mm-hmm. the, in unconventional probably not the best way but then good time lost that like sort of human yeah. relationship kind of thing yeah. yes you saw this man yeah how do you like, how do you relate to adam sandler's character how does anyone relate to that character how you know does anyone saying? like I've well, seen these people gamble is a serious thing. I've seen many uh, Adam Sandler characters in Miami, and I'm just like I don't want to know about their life at all. <laughs> you know, what I mean? <laughs> Yo, okay, there's this um, okay, films. Oh, have you seen the um? I need to see it, but I want to bring it up because I want to see it. And there's one that I've seen and I can't remember, mm-hmm. so I need your help in that both in both of these regards. I think the first one was this film. It's like really comments on the wor- world of art as it has to do with like um art and critics and and like the ambiguity of like how art becomes revered and it's sort of like a uh political satire in that regard the square the square the square the square so it just it's a social satire on the art world so that one i haven't seen but that that's like i have so many films that have been on my next list so like i don't know you're saying you didn't see the square but that was the one you liked no i'm saying i was something i want to because i've heard it was good we're not talking about movies you want to see you know how many movies i want to see i can go on on for hours about movies i want to see in the fade in the fade fade. cool in the fade let's see that in the fade foreign film solid film a slow burn that drop kicks you at the end and you're like, oh, oh, Diane Kruger, because I remember her from Inglorious Bastards. Definitely recommend it. What about it really stuck out to you? Well, it's like you're you're taking time and you're watching this film and then everything makes sense and comes to not make sense as if you didn't get it. But it's just it just pays off in an artistic and thoughtful way at the end and all bound by a part of the human experience. Right. It's solid. It breaks your heart. Yeah. It, basically, it's one of those things that it's not just a movie, you know. It's not a day in the life. It's like an existential crisis type of thing. And then you, yeah, it, exactly. it's, it shows it in such a way where it can translate on film. That's pretty cool, man. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, do you want to give me your guilty pleasure movie? A movie that you can watch over and over again that never gets old? Yeah. I said I only watch movies once. You, you've never gone back to see a movie again? I, I mean, I have seen parts of movies again, but that's only because like maybe I walk in my brother's apartment and then he's playing something I've seen. 
I'm mm. like, oh, I watch it for, but I, I never go, oh, let me watch that again. Really, um, man, I I rewatch movies like like they're going out of business. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, especially if I loved it. But if you did yeah. go back and watch another movie that you loved, which one would you? If if this was such a specific thing for you, if it was such a uh, a, a live or die cause, like which one would you choose? Like I had to watch one again. It wouldn't matter. I think because part of it, a big part of it is, yo, I'm like, I like to go into the experience of the unknown. So like when watching a movie and not knowing what's about to develop, and like that, I'm in that ride, and I'm like getting okay. How about and, this? Like, how about this? You find out you have three hours until you die. They put you in a room and they say, okay. The last thing you get to do is watch a movie. It'll be the last thing you ever do. Do you choose a new movie that you think you might like, or do you choose an old movie that you've always loved? New movie. Oh a my, new movie, bro. Are you a psychopath? What if it's not good? <laughs> what if it's not a good movie and that's the last thing you watch? What if it's trash? But how beautiful, but how beautiful of a lesson. It's regardless whether it's a good movie or it's a bad movie, it's an experience. And I'm going to have that experience, even if I'm like, oh, it's bad. And I know why it's bad. And I get to, like, think about that conceptually and, like, pick it apart. Like, that's like bad movies give us so much as well. You know what I mean? They can't be they can't be underplayed. You're right. Um, just the You're feeling right. of like feeling good feels good. Right. Mm-hmm. But like to see something that's ass. And that's why like, I, also gives that's me- why I asked the question. What's one of the worst movies you've ever seen? Because even if we love film, we've seen movies that are terrible. And now we're, we're not trash talking them. We're bringing them to life, and you're like, I remember having such a bad time to do this movie. It gave me this visceral experience. What's one that did that to you? Yeah, I don't know about, see, just like favorites, like, what's the worst? I mean, I'd have to have this kind of memory where I can consolidate and, like, go back and, like, see all the bad ones and be like, oh, that's the worst. But, yeah, my thing is, like, it's pro- it's honestly probably just going to be the most recent bad one instead of, honestly, the worst. Widows was, Widows was ass trash. That's funny because I saw Widows... And that's when the, with uh, Olivia Davis, right? Is that her name? Oh, come on, man. Did I mix two people up? You remember these white, these white actresses' names? One second. <laughs> Is it Viola Davis? Yes. There oh, you I, go, said, I said Olivia. Isn't Olivia short for Viola? Or maybe not. No, don't try that. Okay, but it's like you saying have to, it's you like have to saying, relish in the mistake. You have to relish in the hurt. You have to relish. But you know what? Otherwise, you know what the beauty gonna, is? You're not going to learn. I can edit that out and just put Viola Davis. <laughs> Then you're not learning, bro. You're not learning. Mm-mm. I am learning. I'm learning how to make the people like me. Uh, the funny thing is that when that movie came out, it was like claimed as like a great film. Like critics had said all these great things about it. Stop this nonsense about critics. That's all crap. Do you ever notice like every ass movie has great reviews in their in their um, trailers? Yeah. Oh, da 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 da. Spider Man, number one movie in the world. <laughs> exactly. Every movie's great when you're trying to make it. There's no movie that, think about this. It would be wonderful if the world was honest and <laughs> the uh, trailers were made with also their bad reviews. Like, oh, a smart movie, but falls short. Fox said, what the hell was happening the whole time? <laughs> <You laughs> Tenant. Like, oh, Tenant was ass trash. Tenant was right? ass trash. Yeah, I know. Ass trash. <laughs> and that was like more recent than, um, more recent than Widows. I was like, and man, oh. I was like, you, are you, you talking about? Um, are you talking about um, John David Washington? Oh, look, a name that I know. God, he's trash. Wait, you um, don't like John David Washington? He's not. He's not okay. He's not trash. He's just like a wet towel. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you get what I'm saying? You know what? I'd rather take trash, man. There's no worse insult <laughs> than a wet towel. That is terrible. All right, fine. fine. Oh, I'll like, take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. That is the clear, you know, I don't care what he does. He's like, 
that is the clear evidence of like, yeah, you're Denzel's son. That's why you are here. If you were a random person who had to work your way up, your talent would have wouldn't would not have gotten you in the room. Like, okay, once you do, you lead in something, you're gonna keep getting work if you're not getting like destroyed, right? And he's also he's also black, so he gets the diversity like hype that Hollywood wants to get behind. So that's gonna work to his favor. And God bless him that it, that a black man can reap the spoils of. Um, even if they don't, even if they're not the best, but like, that's still, that's still cool. You know, like, let's be honest. Like, I don't, I haven't seen anything that uh, he's done that I'm like, oh, oh, the acting was. Well, yeah, he's not like, he's not like how we were saying with uh, uh, Daniel and Lakeith, you know what I mean? You know, he's just, he's like these guys, these young actors who are just, who are just like putting their heart and soul into something. And, you know, you do have to kind of think about the fact that um, John Washington, got these opportunities probably because of his dad you know it's called it's Not called probably stop it it's yeah it, it was it was it's called nepotism <laughs> that's the word i was looking for yeah and that's part of it you know that's not gonna shoot him down like white people have been doing that and still doing that for years so it's, it's a beautiful i thing. think i'm i'm the same way too where it's like you just have to accept how it is it's it's a hey, look man yeah. it's all part of the game if you have a if exactly. you have a uh if you have like extra points, then that's how you play. I mean, whatever. That's just how it is. Well, you, you're not you're not gonna take your your thing and be like, well, you know what? I'm changing my name. I don't want to be associated with you, Dad. So I feel like I'm starting from the bottom. No, man, take that. If my dad was a so and so, I'd be like, I am I am Peter Lugo's son. I am him. <laughs> if he was like if he was like Spielberg, I'd be like, yep, yep. And you know what? I'm like him. Maybe even better. <laughs> Anyways, um, we can move on to the next little segment, which is music. Uh, I always like to ask people what type of music they listen to to help them get inspired or help them create or something that just makes them feel at their base. What's something that you usually revert to? Creating it's different. I swap it. I swap it. Sometimes I listen to like um, cinematic scores when I'm writing scripts. Always. Uh, yeah. Who's your favorite uh, composer? Ah, you come on, favorites, man. Well, okay. When I say favorites, <laughs> like like let's say you're gonna go. On, Edson's gonna do some writing. You know what? Let me let me start someone off. Do you just throw it on a shuffle or do you look someone up first? I listen on a shuffle. Mm, okay. I go on a playlist. Um, there's there's times I went to a person mm-hmm. who was that, um, but I don't go to that person all the time. Um, and it's only because it was like that that vibe. I was I, I was like, okay, maybe this vibe is a place to start and then see what it takes me. Be the scores are so hard because they're so different that even when you start with someone, you're not going to be in the same vibe by the next song. Mm-hmm. That's you know true. I mean? That's true. I mean, you might be similar, but it's well, just like a, a just like a like a film. You know, it's there's an arc. You know, you start somewhere, you go different somewhere else, and then you come back around. So, and that's what a lot of times what score music is like. It is that journey. But I'm the same way though. I love I love uh, score music. Yeah, Nicholas Nicholas Brittle sometimes. Nicholas who? Brittle sometimes just started like oh okay. There's, there's just a few. Yeah, I have to check. I have to I'm check like, them out. Oh, he's he's just the, he's um Barry um Barry Jenkins guy Moonlight, um ah very cool. What's one of your okay? What's one of your top like films for score music? I guess like a Barry Jenkins type director. That's another hard one. Yeah, like <laughs> top for score music. It's like you're not you're not as you're not as as intense with your music as you are with your like you don't just listen to a song once and then never again. <laughs> <laughs> No, I definitely, I definitely go back to music. Oh my god! Okay, because that would have been that's scary. Way that's way different. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Could you imagine? I mean, in this world, it's possible now because there's so much music out there. What else? What else do you have that you like to listen then? Oh, then then I go just go specifically like for tone, right? Like if I'm um, sometimes if I'm writing a scene where it's like 
a Haitian mother and she's speaking Creole. I'm listening to like Haitian like music, mm-hmm. but not generic Haitian music, like specific Haitian music, like maybe more the roots music as opposed to like the more contemporary, like compas style, which is like synths and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because that can put me in the feeling of like that scene, you know, yeah. how these people might be. I don't know. It's, a it's great. I, it's so funny you say that. Cause I do the exact same thing. I literally make playlists uh, that are, that are the title of whatever script I'm writing and I'll throw music in there for whatever I, what inspires me for a different character or where the story is going to go. Or like mm. this song sounds like what this scene should feel like. So I'll, ah. I'll, I'll listen to music that is related to what the story or the, what the story is and what it's, it, what it really is trying to, uh, to say, you know, cause the music mm-hmm. speaks for the feeling of the scene. And so I, I do the exact same thing. That's so funny. For sure. Um, no, it's great. I, I love, love that. that. Yeah, me too. That's awesome. Well, that's that's great. I love that's that's like perfect. Exactly what I needed to hear. Um, do you want to recommend one book to our listeners that as that's always been like uh, your go to? I have I've had a recent like solid lesson, and actually now, yeah. Let me give you this. This is marketing by Seth Godin. Now, the name and off the cuff can make you think, oh, marketing, and that's what I love about this book because Seth Godin is. He's a wonderful mind and he has a beautiful job of bringing back the humanity and the purpose into the art of marketing Mm. and makes us realize the um, responsibility that exists in it and has a really holistic approach to what it means to essentially put and add value into the messaging of getting your work out there. Because creatives are all wrapped up in like, oh, the story and what we're expressing. I would be dismissed for any artist to ignore or either miss the opportunity of the creativity that exists in rolling out your message. Um, And we are constantly engaging with that. We are constantly um, intrigued or put off by different kinds of marketing and messaging. Um, It's so, it's, it's such a beautiful way of, it's something I'm getting wrapped up into right now with Mm -hmm. like the opportunity, like market my own stuff, but it's like, just like you chose what words you wanted to write, what score you wanted to use, you can choose what color tones, what pattern, what branding, what uh, messaging you want to put, and how you share, how you share your work. Yeah. Um, and that is art. I don't care what nobody says. Everything is art. When you look around, you have a freaking car. You're like a freaking designer had to put that together. You know what I mean? It's like, but the integrity of what it, what it, what it what happened around that to build this, this artifact, to build this thing is a beautiful, beautiful journey. And a lot of people take that for granted. And I think if you want to become an artist, you have to appreciate every step of the way. It's not, it it, it does, it is kind of a complicated business if you don't take it serious. And I think a lot of times uh, to people do, you know, I wish I was taught that. I wish we were taught uh, that, that uh, theme in college, but no, we're just taught how to like say your lines well and then like how to like get your cue on time. That's it. You know, if we, yeah, but if, we're also, we're also, we're also talking to people that don't know. So they're doing the best that they, that they can. Absolutely. And they could yeah. for us at that moment, yeah. but they don't know what they don't know. They can't teach what they don't know. And well, they're not practicing. I mean, themselves. I mean, I, I think a lot of times, you know, I think as, as the entertainment business changes, your the learning that they teach you should also change with it. The institutions should be following that. And exactly. that great institutions do that. Yeah. Um, they might have the resource. It's not, and also it's not about the resources. It's not necessarily like NYU having Spike Lee to come and teach you classes and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't need to be someone who's of that stature. You just no. walk, you just pay attention. This is what the world's doing. I want to set up my student body 
to come out and, and participate in this world and be ready. I have a thing I want to read from Seth Godin um, based on exactly what you're talking about. So For I get sure. these random, um, these random, he has I'm signed up to his blog and he literally sends these super short emails that you could read every morning. It's just like brain food. But this one um, is awesome. one of the many that. that I was just like, yo, this, this is on point. Your big break. Some people get one. Most people don't. But if you're reading this, it means you've received more than one, perhaps a countless number of little breaks. Access to tools, the benefit of the doubt, decent health, occasional peace of mind, little breaks over and over. Little breaks get you into a room, but they don't guarantee your performance. Little breaks get you a glimmer of trust or opportunity. They give you a microphone and a chance to share your dream. Little breaks don't always announce themselves the way big breaks do. Little breaks compound, one often leading to another, or they don't, creating false momentum and then disappointment. Sometimes little breaks pretend to be big ones, and sometimes they're hiding in plain sight. Little breaks are easy to ignore and thus are wasted. Little breaks don't like to be waited for the way big breaks do, because while you're waiting, you're wasting the little breaks you've already gotten. I'm like, yo, that is life, dog. Wow, that is, that is, that's so, why don't people tell you that? They always talk about, wait for your big break. Wait for, you're going to get your big break. No, listen to the little breaks. (laughs) Build, build the little breaks, man. (laughs) Work on the little breaks. Uh, This this episode is brought to you by Little Breaks. (laughs) Oh man, that is beautiful. Name, name the book one more time. Uh, this is marketing by Seth Godin, but even if you don't want to, um, and he's a great marketing mind. So like after reading the book, I was like, this man has really like changed my perspective and like, or at least opened up and enlightened my perspective on like how I can approach marketing mm-hmm. um, and like gives examples of people that aren't doing it holistically mm-hmm. and are just motivated by capitalism and like Absolutely. not realizing that you're offering something. And um, it, I feel like, oh, this is what marketing used to be mm-hmm. but there's still people out there doing um, amazing things good well i'm glad that was a great recommendation i love that quote thank you for that yeah but if you don't want to read the book you can just sign up to his blog and then you'll get little tidbits like that oh also i just read um i guess i'm still reading but it's also so good the 90 day screenplay i'm writing my second feature with that but 90 day screenplay does a beautiful job of like um connecting you with uh structure because like story structure is something we need to be aware of but still leaving space for creative freedom and exploration Absolutely. and marrying those two i think is where the win is because so many times like within story structure like the hero's journey save the cat different things like that it bec- it can become mechanical and we lose the opportunity of like letting sort of like the mm-hmm. divine speak through like the creative process yeah but, the way so art that. was intended to work in the first place you know <laughs> what I'm saying. Uh, who's the who's the author of 90 day 90 day fiance? No, 90 day screenplay. 90 day screenplay is added Alan Watt. Okay, thank you. And also with Seth, with Seth Godin, I find like it, and it, it just, it's a testament to like how marketing is art and art form because most of the things I read, there are direct correlations to like the creative process, the creative journey, the actor's journey. Here's one that, and this correlates, this is a shorter one, but it's an example of like some of the quick ones you could get. Uh-huh. Um, that pertains to actors um, and their journey. But more specifically, what we were talking about, about if you like it, someone else likes it, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so check out this one. All forward motion disappoints someone. If you serve one audience, you've let another down. One focus means that something else got ignored. If you create something scarce, someone won't get their hands on it. 
The very act of creation means that it won't be the ideal solution for everyone. On the other hand, with certainty, we know that doing nothing disappoints even a larger group of people. The opportunity is to find someone to delight and to embrace the fact that that someone is not everyone. That's and awesome. Like, lean into it. Lean it's, into I, it. I like the idea of like doing something, anything, even if it's, you know, you're not hitting the marks you want to hit right away. At least it's better than doing nothing. Yeah. You're, you're working on the craft in that regard. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But that's beautiful. Thank you so much for all those topics. That was great. That was perfect. All right. This is called This or That. It's a quick round. I'm going to do the first top 10 or the first 10 that come up. Uh, sweet or savory? Savory. Old school or new school? Old school. Cohen Brothers or Tarantino? Ah, fuck. Um, Cohen Brothers. Tacos or burritos? Ah, there, there's a spot, Uptown 66, that just opened up on Miami and Biscayne. I just had the best burrito ever. Damn, burritos, burritos, all day, every day. The Office or Parks and Rec? The Office. Sleeveless in Seattle or When Harry Met Sally? I I only seen When Harry Met Sally. Okay, so When Harry Met Sally. No, because I don't rewatch movies. Have you been listening to this conversation at all? You said you've only seen When Harry Met Sally. So I don't rewatch movies, so why would I pick the one I've already seen? No, 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 it's not talking about which one would you see, it's which one do you choose? And I choose the one I haven't seen. But it's like... Bro, you weren't listening to me. We but the, the question is, which one, which one do you prefer? Which one's your favorite? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what you said. You said this or that, bro. <sighs> we have to take a you short break because Edson punched me through the computer screen. Bro, you're not listening to all me. Right, we right, even right, had a whole fine, conversation fine. Okay. about if I was like, was the last thing in my life, what, what, what movie would I choose? A movie to... Like, what? We literally answered the so, question. So, and so, so Sleepless in Seattle, then? Because you haven't seen it. Yep. <laughs> Just fucking say that, bro. <laughs> uh, friends or How I Met Your Mother or Seinfeld? Give me a black show, please. Uh, okay, hold on one second. Uh, Martin <laughs> or or Fresh Prince? Oh fuck! Damn it, that's a good one. I'm gonna say Martin. I'm gonna say Martin. All right, cool. <laughs> Dean Martin or Frank Sinatra? Give me the black versions. Sammy Davis Jr. Who is he equivalent to? He's not equivalent to any of them. Yeah, he was part of the Rat Pack. So if it's not Dean Martin or Frank Sinatra, I would say the the black representation of that group, Sammy Davis Jr. Unfortunately. I guess Sammy Davis. So by default, you're going to pick Sammy (laughs) Davis Jr.? Is that where we're going? Is that what this conversation has led to? Great. (laughs) All right, man. Well, you know what? That is the entire show. Mm -hmm. Do you want to uh, promote yourself where people can check out your material? So our new production company in which we want to... uh, sort of release our micro-budget films mm-hmm. is going to be Bantify, and that's at Bantify on, like, Instagram, I guess. Okay, um, cool. And at Bantify Films, that's B-A-N-T-U-F-Y. And then the film right now, Ludi, Ludi Films, L-U-D-I. Okay, film. cool. Beautiful. At Ludi Films. I'll make sure to put on the the, uh, the links on, this, on the episode notes. People can check it out. Um, but here's the la- actually very, very last question of the show. Um, I like to ask the guests, what is your favorite noise? What is my favorite noise? Yeah. Do you have one? Damn, these favorites, bro. I mean, do you have a lot of favorite noise? When you when you hear a noise that makes you feel good, what's that noise? Oh, I like the mush. I like the mush of like applesauce. Mm-hmm. And that's Ew. also <laughs> that's what also, that's what ADR uses to make sex sounds. Are you crazy? Yeah, I was just about to say it also I also like the sound of like the wet 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 vagina. Like goodness. It's gushy. It's like and and so like authentic and yeah. and raw. That's, all, that's a that's a great noise. God, this is. Um, I'm gonna have to put in the episode notes that this is not a show for children. 
This is not an episode for children. You might have to, man. Yeah, I like gushes, gushes and gushes. Wow, you're you're the one percent. Let me guess, you also like the word moist. Yeah, yeah. Who like when people have a problem with that word, I'm like, what? Yeah. Like what? That's a nice moist palette. <laughs> yeah. I love that word moist. I, I describe a lot of things like that. <laughs> moist. You know, it's moist. Oh, it's when someone's moist. like, Edson, do you have any notes on that scene? Yeah. If you can make it a little bit more moist, it would be great. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that's it. I don't want to keep bro, you Bro, this was longer. fun. I didn't even think about the time, bro. The good. I, you know what? That's my goal. When people are either on it or listening, they're like, oh, that flew by. I'm, you know, I, I try to make their time useful. That's, that's the goal of the show. And I want to keep building on that, but this was fun, man. I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad we got to do this. This was great. And you, you had a, a lot of great, great, you know, great advice. So thanks. Thanks again for being on the show. And I'll, I'll let you know <laughs> when it's out. Time, Chris. I appreciate it, bro. This is my, this is my sign off. I like to, uh, start a sentence for the sign off and I'll have my guests finish it for me. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning into conversations from a room. Have a nice night, and we'll be here with the moist towels next time. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>